Want to hear a more diverse perspective on art? Tune in to Speaking of Art, the official podcast of Sharjah Art Foundation, featuring conversations with some of the most prominent artists and curators from Asia, Africa, and around the world. Listen to Speaking of Art wherever you get your podcasts. Lucky Land Casino, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're listening to Screen Heroes on the Heroes Podcast Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Screen Heroes, your film podcast on the Heroes Podcast Network. I am your host, Derek, and I have with me my lovely co-host and wife, Ray. Hi. Hi. How are you, hubby? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing all right. Good. Well, Ryan is not with us this evening. Ryan is working his ass off. He is. He really is. It's unfair. But we decided to do something a little bit different. Ray and I are recording outside at night in our backyard. You can hear crickets and the highway and dogs barking. We haven't recorded outside since 2015. And it wasn't even for this podcast. (laughs) It was for the old cosplay podcast we Mm -hmm. did. Good times. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we might sound a little bit different. We're back on the old the old Yeti mic and all that kind of stuff. But this this week, we are talking more like Halloween-y stuff. So last week, Ryan and I discussed the Ghostbusters franchise, our first episode of October 2020. And we're going to continue the Halloween train by discussing just our top 10 favorite Halloween time movies. Now, this is a bit of a, of a vague category because this could be horror. Mm-hmm. It could be just spooky stuff. It could be kind of fun themed stuff. So it doesn't have to be just like gritty horror. Right. Right. Or things that revolve around Halloween. Right. Right. Yeah. So we've got a lot to choose from. Oh, yeah. But before we do that, we are going to talk news because we always do that. But we're only going to talk one thing about news. What are we going to talk about? So we're talking about the Green Lantern HBO Max series. Yes. What about it? Well, (laughs) (laughs) HBO Max revealed who the series is going to revolve around, which lanterns. And there are some interesting lanterns that they're including and even more so interesting ones they're excluding. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So the official list is Guy Gardner, Jessica Cruz, Simon Boz, and Alan Scott. Now, there's some interesting stuff here. Guy's obviously been around for quite some time. Right, he's been kind of the one of the core three for a really long time with Hal Jordan and John Stewart, who's my favorite lantern. Jessica Cruz and Simon Boz are relatively new in the grand scheme of things, and they actually split Earth together in the comics. They share one power battery because Jessica Cruz's she, her initial powers are different um, than than they are now. And then you have Alan Scott, who is actually the original Green Lantern whose power set, at least back in the day, was completely different. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. He 
he is the reason why Green Lantern was made fun of for so long because his uh, weaknesses were the color yellow and which they ended up justifying with the uh, Sinestro. Right, the yellow lanterns. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he was also <laughs> weak to wood, yep. so like a number two pencil. <laughs> yeah, I think Big Bang Theory had a joke about that. Something like back that, in, yeah. Back in one of his first seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so his power set, Alan Scott's, is like magic-based. It is. Instead of, you know, power battery. battery. Uh, and then you have, so this Alan Scott, they've they've announced, is, is going to be gay. And this borrows from the earth two version mm -hmm. of alan scott during the new 52 where his powers actually came from the green which is where swamp thing and poison ivy get their powers i'm really hoping that alan scott is an older gentleman because i like what they're doing on the flash with john wesley ship you mean kind of thing john wesley ship and even victor garber because i love the idea that um the elderly senior community it will be getting gay representation. I feel like mm. that in TV shows isn't represented enough. And considering so many of that generation are just now feeling free to come out, I think it would be cool. That's fair. They would just have to kind of explain how long he's been a lantern oh yeah you know and if it's been a long time like jsa era why no one has really talked about him in any of the dceu sure. sure um but i don't know i mean like this is their this is gonna have a lot of lanterns in it so they're gonna have to explain a lot of that they also said sinestro and kilowog will both be in it i'm assuming sinestro will still be a green lantern right at this point, he hasn't fallen yet. Or maybe this is post-Hal Jordan stuff, and he is the leader of the Yellow Lanterns. I don't know. And that's who they're excluding. Now, basically, the majority of the comics revolve around three different male lanterns, and it's Hal Jordan, Jon Stewart, and Kyle Rayner, and none of them are going to be included. Now, it could be because the three of them don't often have significant personality differences until you get all three of them in a room and then you start to notice like the the differences between the characters i don't know that i can agree with that oh yeah yeah i think that like hal and john are completely different characters i think that in the end they are i th but they're still I think it's it's why the it's why Ryan Reynolds was a good casting choice for for Hal Jordan even though the movie wasn't great because that's the personality that Hal Jordan has. It's just the the problem with the whole lantern and emotional spectrum thing is willpower it if that is your main emotion or if that's the emotion that you represent you know you're going to have a lot in common with the other lanterns in that core so that's all that i'm saying and i think a lot of writers don't know how to write lanterns in the comics so that's that's my point i'm not saying that the three of them are copy and paste because i do love when uh jordan and stewart team up yeah i mean kyle rayner's fine his he's much more interesting when he becomes the white lantern exactly right which again like maybe we're at that point in the timeline and he's already a white lantern you yeah, know and this is down know. the road and sinestro has been a yellow lantern for a long time and maybe that's why hal and john are off deep space somewhere doing something i don't know but I, i'm very apprehensive 
yeah, about this. Yeah, I know you are. I'm sorry. Um, Green Lanterns are my favorite superheroes. John Stewart's my favorite Green Lantern. I love the Lanterns. I'm actually wearing a Green Lantern shirt right now. You are. It was totally uh, unplanned. It was unplanned, yeah. And I am. I've been burned a lot of times. You yeah. know the the. Ryan Reynolds movie was I don't think it's as terrible as people say it is but it certainly wasn't a masterpiece Oa is beautiful and the casting they picked for the other lanterns was you very know, good Michael Clark Duncan Jeffrey yeah. Rush and um, Mark, Mark Strong, Strong. Yeah. incredible casting yeah they did a really good job with, with, with certain things mm -hmm. in that movie so I don't think it's like completely horrible no but. I actually think that the biggest missteps were uh, the villains Hector Hammond and Parallax. Yeah, the cl the uh, yeah the cloud, the evil cloud yeah. and stuff. And and then they talked about doing the Green Lantern movie, Green Lantern Corps movie, which was supposed to come out this year. Mm -hmm. And I mean, it never went even went into production. So you can't blame COVID or anything like that. It just they were never going to make it. Right. And that was disappointing. And then, you know, we're supposed to see a lantern in the Snyder cut of Justice League, you know. But I think that's during like the ancient like Zeus fight and everything against Darkseid. So I think this was supposed to take place a few thousand years ago. Yeah. That's the only lantern we're gonna see. And then you had the CW teasing Diggle becoming a lantern for a really long time. And it kinda sorta happens at the end of the show, but not really. Yeah, they're weak teases and if it's a wasted opportunity. Right. If Diggle never becomes it, they they can say, well, we never officially said it. <laughs> right. So. Yeah. It would have been cool. I think he would have been a really good Lantern. Even if they weren't doing Jon Stewart specifically, I think just yeah. Diggle being a Lantern would have been cool. And So nobody's done it. They've all talked about it and teased it. And we've just got the one Ryan Reynolds movie. Yeah. So we'll see if the show ever comes to fruition on HBO Max. Exactly. No guarantees, right? No guarantees. Never. Never any guarantees. No. So with that in mind, that's the only news piece we're going to cover. Right, because there's a few other stories kind of lingering, but they need updates and we don't want to give out, you know, half-baked information. And we want to talk to Ryan about some of it, too. So Absolutely. we'll have more next week. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. Well, then we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we'll discuss our top 10 favorite Halloween time movies. Woo! With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby. Mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. <laughs> The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
All right, we're back. Let's do this. Let's talk Halloween movies, favorite Halloween time movies. Do you want to go first? Well, I actually realized there was one thing I wanted to say in the news segment that I forgot to say Aww. in the news segment. So I'm just going to say it real quick. So uh, if you are just joining the show for some reason because Red Shirts and Runabouts has come to an end, I just want to say hi and welcome because this is our other show that we do called Screen Heroes. And Ray's guested with me on Red Shirts and Runabouts many, many times. Many times, yeah. And the show just ended this week. And so I directed people here. And so if you're one of those people, hi. hi, that's all. That's all I wanted to say. Cool. So I think you should go first. Okay. Because you, I think you have a much better grasp on, on like horror edge films oh, and spooky films you. than I do. I've got some favorites. Don't get me wrong, but I think, you know, you're more of an expert in the genre. Oh, you know? I appreciate that. I, I think you're saying this because I absolutely adore movie genres and sub-genres and sub-sub-genres and like I focus on that way too much <laughs> so um but as husband and wife I imagine we'll have a bit of an overlap Maybe. on some of these so have you thought about like what order you want to go in uh well I'm gonna pick something that is not necessarily Halloween related it is monster movie and I know for a fact it's not on your list because you don't particularly enjoy it. <laughs> okay, but like, but what order are you going to go in? Like, are you going alphabetically? Or are you just going what you feel I'm like? I'm just going what I feel like. So it's not right literally now. a ranking. It's, it's just not, your top yeah, ten yeah. in some order. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so one of my favorite <laughs> movies to watch around Halloween that I... I really get the urge to watch around Halloween. I don't know why. Uh, maybe it is the monster aspect. But Abraham Lincoln, <laughs> Vampire, Vampire Hunter. <laughs> okay. So I absolutely adore uh, false history. I love irreverent and uh, whimsy in movies. And I feel like this has all of those put together. It's got a horror element, but it's not, uh, you know, scary without substance. So. Interesting. Yeah. I, I adore the book even more, especially since in the book they touch on other historical aspects, like Edgar Allan Poe is in the book. and Does he hunt vampires too? He doesn't. He's actually best friends with Abraham Lincoln in the uh, book. Oh, okay. Yeah. Gotcha. And gotcha. Uh, Martin Luther King is in the book it it's a really wait martin luther king's in the book so is there uh -huh. like a really time jump farther uh -huh. in the future okay yeah okay that's interesting yeah. it fantastic book uh fun movie it stars uh mary elizabeth winstead as mary todd anthony mackie's in there as well so it's just a lot of fun but it's got some pretty good gore in there too mm. Fair enough. Yeah. Fair enough. It's, it's fine. Like, I don't hate it or anything oh, like I that. Know. It's just, it's definitely not on my list. No, I know. Uh, but... Like, you never have the urge to watch it. It's one of those I have to watch on my own. Like, I got you to watch it once and you came around. When we first got together, you said you hated it. And I made you watch it again. And I was like, just, just know that, like, a lot of this is satire and it's, it's... done with some irony. And you were able to see some of the humor in it. Because like it's not like I hate the movie. I just don't care for the premise. Why is that? Do you uh, not like false history? I, I like alternate history. And I, I just, I don't know. It just seemed a little too silly yeah. of an idea. You know? Because he's not just like 
a guy during the, the Civil War who fights vampires. He's right. actually Abraham Lincoln who fights vampires. And like that, yeah. I think was maybe just a step too far. You know, okay. like I would like to see a colonial era vampire fighting movie. I think that's cool. Right, but when it has to be like literally the most famous guy in the country is the one doing it, it just seems like a little, a little silly. I disagree. I know you do. I know you. <laughs> but do. I love silly too. I don't know that I have anything on my list that you're not like a fan of necessarily, but I'm gonna go with something that's also not like super horror-ish okay. first, even though maybe the, the the title might say otherwise. But yeah. it's Little Shop of Horrors. Oh, I love Little Shop of Horrors. The uh, the musical remake with Rick Moranis. Yes. You know, and uh, Steve Martin and Bill Murray and, and among others. And for me, you know, the, the director's cut ending where where Audrey too takes over the city with all the little Audreys and everybody dies. Yeah. <laughs> That's the best way to end that movie. But it's a wonderful movie. It's it's written really well. The cast is great. It's it's shot like it's on a stage, mm -hmm. you know, like a, like an actual musical. And the practical effects I always thought were really good. Audrey too looks super cool. And you know, no matter what size it is, it just continues to look solid the entire time. The music is great. I think the music is fun and silly, and oh, the, the cast just sells it. So well done. You know, I've been a Rick Moranis fan basically my whole life. I mean, he's been in some of my favorite things ever, from you know, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, and obviously Ghostbusters and Spaceballs, and you know, and then this. And I just so I've seen him for as long as I can remember, and this is one of my favorite performances of his. I like that. Good call. Yeah. That yeah, that probably would have been on my list, and honestly. If we finish up at a reasonable time, that's what we're going to watch tonight. The niece requested it. <laughs> oh, so, okay. Yeah. Cool. I'm excited to show her that. I will say the original black and white non-musical version isn't bad. It's actually a pretty decent horror movie. Yeah. Uh, where the end, I think, is pretty clever and very interesting. So if you've never seen it, it's pretty cool. And uh, Jack, Jack Nicholson is in it. He is, yeah. It's one of his very first roles. Yeah, it's, so he doesn't have a big role. He actually, his role is the same role Bill Murray has. Oh, yeah. He's the dental patient who is like the masochist or whatever. Yeah. And so that's his role. And the movie's actually, I liked it a lot. I think, unfortunately, when you know the remake musical, it, the original pales by comparison. But if you think about it being an early 50s sci-fi horror movie, it's pretty good. Good call. So. I like it. I'm good with it. Okay, so I'm gonna pick something a little bit more horror-esque, um, but still not like incredibly scary. And that is Tim Burton's Sleepy Hollow. Ah, uh, yes, the Christopher Walken movie. Oh my God. I always call it that. <laughs> he does, even though Christopher Walken shows up for maybe 10 minutes at the very end. I don't remember any of the rest of the movie. <laughs> so it stars Johnny Depp and Christina Ricci. Uh, Johnny and Depp. Christopher Walken. Yes. <laughs> Johnny Depp plays uh, Ichabod Crane. And I adore this because I love fairy tales. And uh, Sleepy Hollow is an American fairy tale. America doesn't have as many fairy tales as many other countries or cultures. And it's just because, you know, America... It, well, the U.S., excuse me. <laughs> there are two continents. That's all America. Uh, the U.S. is such a huge melting pot of other cultures that we've kind of taken over other fairy tales. So 
the Sleepy Hollow one is fun. It is a horror-based fairy tale that has been creeping people out since uh, the Headless Horseman was, you know, created. Mm-hmm. Um, Sleepy Hollow is a real place in New York, and they celebrate the fairy tale just like, you know, Salem does with the witch trials. So it's a whole spooky town kind of thing. But the movie is right before, I think, Tim Burton started just going off the deep end, in my opinion. Like, it's one of the last cookie-cutter films, um, or one of the last before his films got really cookie-cutter. And Well, because it doesn't, like, scream his name it doesn't you know like it like it doesn't you don't see it and immediately think it's him right whereas like pretty much everything he's done since then mm-hmm. you can just tell it's his movie sure for better or worse sure. whether, whether you like that or not and it was the third time he had worked with Johnny Depp at this point so he wasn't like completely oversaturated it wasn't every single movie I'm forgetting he one had of them. done Edward Scissorhands and Ed Wood oh Ed Wood yeah. right yeah yeah. Uh, the deaths are really cool, so it's still pretty horror and gory. Uh, it's just not as scary. I think it would be scary for a child to see it, for sure. But it's just a lot of fun for me. And so, personal story. Yeah. So the story of Sleepy Hollow was one of the few stories that my dad would tell around like a campfire. No, oh, that's cool. So I've known that story forever. And I think for me, I just, nothing like stood up to like that story as a kid. Oh yeah. You know, but I did really like the TV show they had for a couple of seasons. The first and second season well, are really, really good. good. Yeah. I liked it a lot. And I'm sad that it kind of went downhill. They lost some cast members and things like that. And there's some controversy there. But yeah. the first two seasons were really good. They were. Even though it was a little procedural, I, I liked it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was great too. So yeah, that's my number two pick for this list. Okay. Well, for my next one, I'm going to get this movie out of the way because I think it's probably on a lot of people's lists. Yeah. And I think it's probably even in maybe... Definitely in my top five, if I'm making a top five list. It might even creep into the top three. And that's John Carpenter's The Thing. Got it. I think it's brilliant. I think, yeah, it's kind of a remake, you know, of The Thing from Outer Space. And you've got the prequel that has the same name from 2013, which is also a Mary Elizabeth Winstead movie. Mm-hmm. But this one, the John, John Carpenter's The Thing, is written just incredibly well it's really hard to know who's what and where the thing is at any given time the performances are really good even though the cast is kind of wildly all over the place as far as tenure is concerned oh yeah the practical effects really really hold up there There are are very few moments that don't look good and in particular like when the moment where the the stomach opens up and takes his hands off, like it's still one of the coolest looking scenes in any horror movie I've ever seen. So the thing is, I I try to stay submersed in the pop culture zeitgeist. I don't like feeling left out. So if I haven't seen a movie, I will absolutely spoil it for myself so I can still be able to talk about it. And the thing was one of those. I had seen it. And so many like random clip shows 
and uh, wonderful countdown lists of like the best horror, the best blah blah blah. And um, I'd seen that scene out of context so many times that when you showed me the movie, we just sat down and watched it maybe five, four months ago. It hasn't been that long. I was still shocked when it happened. It's like, so good. <laughs> the, the only reason why it wouldn't be on my Halloween list is because of all the snow. I'd put it on my Christmas horror <laughs> list. I have a Christmas horror list. I love horror movies that revolve in the cold and the snow. That's but, fine. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good place for it. I... I love everything about this movie. Yeah. I really can't think of anything I dislike about it or anything that I would really change. And while I think the prequel is actually pretty damn good, it does retread a lot and the CGI doesn't hold up as well as the practical effects do in the original. And so, you know, it's definitely the lesser of the two. Sure. You know, but the ending I always really enjoy because the ending is very amb ambiguous. You don't really know. There's a lot of theories, a lot of discussion. And so I thought this is a good opportunity to ask who do you, what do you think the situation is between Mac and Childs at the end of the thing? Do you think one of them is the thing? Do you think neither of them are the thing? Are they both the thing? Oh my. Um, I, I go back and forth to be completely honest because of how other people have interpreted it and I don't think there is a wrong interpretation. Agreed. Uh, so when somebody else says what they think, their theory, and then they explain themselves, I it's hard for me to not sit there and be like, yeah, that makes sense. I like to think that it's both of them. That they're both... Just different parts of the uh -huh. thing and they don't know it. Yeah. It's interesting. But... It, at the same time, that is the most unlikely. I do think the thing would be able to recognize itself. We have no reason to believe it can. I know. I know. You you would think from, like, a biological standpoint exactly. that it would, right? Like, just, you know. I mean, like, there's no reason why our husky dog should completely understand that a chihuahua is also a dog. <laughs> right, but the thing <laughs> but can't she recognize does. itself. Yeah. <laughs> so. No, that's fair. That's fair. So, for me... I definitely think Mac is human and Childs is the thing. Yeah, I, I, I think that one's the most likely of the two. I think that it works because you know you have the whole bit about Mac. Everyone think you know Mac's disappeared for a little bit of time and no one really knows what happened well, to Childs him. Childs has disappeared for a much longer time. Childs has gone too, and he's had a full wardrobe change. Yep, his clothes change, and I like you know, you know he's got Mac's got the the Molotov cocktail bottle basically. Yeah. Right. And he's been, you know, lighting all these fires and stuff. And, you know, he, he was using gasoline for that. And Childs just drinks that. And I think we're supposed to believe that it's gasoline in that bottle that he's drinking. And the thing wouldn't know the difference. Right. Right. Just drink it. And so when, you know, Matt kind of has that little like chuckle, I think that's what it is, I think. But we'll never really know. And that's what I really like about it. Me too. You know, it's kind of like the end of Inception. You know, the top kind of wiggles maybe, mm -hmm. you know, but we don't really know for sure. And that's the end of the movie. I like that. I like the uncertainty of it. Fair enough. So that's my next one. So I'm going to go full-blown horror this time. And uh, this is also a movie that we've watched fairly recently. You uh, made me sit down and watch the whole thing instead of just, you know, clips. And that's Alien. <laughs> yeah, that would have been on my list, but I'll sub it for something else. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> so I adore slow-paced, scary horror while uh, when one by one 
people start getting picked off. And I love things that lurk in the shadows that you can't really see as well. And in the end, Ripley is just one of the coolest characters to ever be created and developed. And, you know, just if they had just followed what she said, the only one that would have died would have been John Hurt's character. Yeah. Yep. But instead, they don't <laughs> listen to the one smart lady. Well, and it's not even that they, they don't listen. They actively go against her. Mm -hmm. You know, they, they are antagonistic at, at times. A couple people try and listen to her, but it's too late right? by that point, or it's not enough of them. And, man, that movie holds up so well. This, the, again, it's a practical effects thing, right? There's so uh, so many practical effects. The sets, the ship, the actual alien. Uh, they, they they do it the way they handle Jaws. You show little bits of it, yeah. right? You don't just show the whole thing. And in Jaws, it's because they have mechanical issues, but it worked, right? It ended up making it better, more suspenseful. And I think that's the key in Alien, just like Terminator, the first, is the you know, the alluding to rather right. than the constantly showing. I honestly believe that's why A Quiet Place did so well because it takes the lurking, the slow paced, the you never fully see your enemy mm -hmm. uh, aspect and applies it to a completely different situation. So I there are a lot of parallels for me between Alien and A Quiet Place and I adore both films. But That's fair. Alien is definitely something I want to watch around Halloween every year now. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> Good to know. So then next up, I'm going to pick a classic. Mm -hmm. This one this is another classic. I think it's probably on a lot of people's lists too, but probably more people from like our generation who grew up with it, and that's Gremlins. Oh, yeah. Gremlins, again, like you're going to notice like there's a lot of practical effects emphasis in these movies that I'm picking because... You know, there's a lot of monsters involved and non-humanoid things, and there was ways to make that look good and ways to make that look bad when these movies were made. And right. these movies made it look good. And I think the original Gremlins did just that. They created something that was cute and fluffy and adorable and harmless <laughs> and twisted and mutated it into these reptilian-like alien monsters that wreak havoc and, you know, destroy a town, essentially. And while the sequel goes off the rails and becomes incredibly silly, I still love it. It becomes incredibly silly and over the top. The original is dark and clever and just kind of eye-catching. You know, each gremlin's different, right? They all look different. They have you know, different designs. It's not just a bunch of copy and paste of the exact same design. And you can pick out like, oh, there's Spike, you know, and you know which one's which. And it's just, it's very iconic by the end of it and here you know you're in 2020 now and people still know the name gizmo yes you know maybe you don't know gremlins maybe you're not sure where it's really from but you know the name gizmo i guarantee it and so gremlins is one of my favorite favorite monster movies of all time and that definitely makes my list good good call gremlins is actually on my Christmas horror list. <laughs> like, Interesting. Yeah. As a Jew, I don't have a Christmas horror list, so. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. It's not a long list, to be honest. No. It's like, you know, uh, The Thing, 30 Days of Night, Gremlins, and Krampus. And that's okay. it. That's my list. 
Fair enough. <laughs> What's your number four pick? Okay. Um, so I'm going to go with something that I just have the urge to watch around Halloween. It's not scary. It has nothing to do with Halloween. Uh, it does take place in October, but it, you wouldn't even know it unless you paid attention to a small line. And that's Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Oh. So. Interesting. First of all, you have the whole candy aspect. Sure. And I mean, that's, that's fair. It's, yeah. That is so Halloween. <laughs> also, there are a couple terrifying moments in there. You know, some of those kids probably died. and No, they all died. I think Charlie's the only one who survives that movie. Yeah? You I'm, think so? I'm pretty confident. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Which also means at least one parent died. Because Veruca's dad jumps down yeah, the chute. Yeah, Mr. Salt. Yeah, so... He's dead. Yeah. The kids are dead and he's dead. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's not true. I guess the cowboy kid doesn't die. Uh, uh, the taffy puller. Yeah, right? maybe. They, so he's not dead, but they might kill him. Yeah. Either way, yeah. he's not fine. Right. He's not doing great. <laughs> and then, of course, there's uh, Slugworth. Scary oh, yeah. guy, you know, stalking children, meeting them in weird places. There's uh, the Wonkatania scene where it's completely frightening. You see, like, bugs crawling oh, out of boat? mouths. Yeah. The chicken's head getting cut off. and like, Maggots. Yeah. Like, that tunnel scene is frightening. It's true. Uh, but if you pay attention, the Charlie's mom says that it, the whole event takes place in October. And so, you know, you could totally watch it. It's... It's a kids movie and it's a musical and it has a very lighthearted ending, but at the same time there's some dark elements in there. It's a scary, non-scary movie. Hmm. I never would have like put it on a list like that, but it works. Well, it's I fine. I get the urge to watch it multiple times a year. It's one of the films yeah. that I I like to watch, you know, two or three times in one year, but I always have the urge to watch it around Halloween. I will say the Charlie and the Chocolate Factory reboot that Johnny Depp did is better every time I watch it. It's not as bad as people think it is. I I enjoy it for different yeah. reasons than I enjoy Willy Wonka. Exactly. Yeah, they're very different movies, but mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't think it's bad. I don't either. Okay, so next up on my list, my number four, I'm going to go with another kind of a more gruesome film that Good. again relies very heavily on incredible special effects and uh, practical effects. And that is the 1986 Jeff Goldblum, Gina Davis, the fly, Yes. the fly other than the very end claymation version of him. Right. When he breaks out of the human shell. Other than that, Everything else in that movie is absolutely top-notch, incredible work. Whether it's Jeff Goldblum's acting, which, mm -hmm. especially early on when it's really just him acting and no prosthetic work is happening yet, is phenomenal. It's probably his best performance as far as just straight acting goes. I think that's his best work. Can you imagine doing that with your husband, though? Like, Gina <laughs> Davis and him were married at the time, and she is working with him on one of the creepiest films uh, and she gets to like walk in and see him wearing more and more disgusting prosthetics it's gross it is a gross freaking movie and I think that 
it's it's such a great so like we talk about how there's too many remakes and too many reboots and stuff like that and the 1986 the fly is a reboot it's a remake of an earlier 1950s film that's a black and white film and the black and white original film is actually also like little shop of horrors really quite good yeah right but it was the 50s and so instead of him mutating he's got like a giant fly head and only one arm has kind of been flyified right and it's got you know the classic help me help me at the end where the other version of him is stuck on a spider web and yeah it's a little cutesy now but at the time was really wonderful and this movie takes the story and is able to make it more real more grounded and take it to a much more intense and horror level because of the advancement in technology right and that's the reason to do a remake or a reboot because you can do it differently you can do it to a new level that you just couldn't do before yeah. you're not just swapping out cast members you know and jeff goldblum's performance is disgusting it's incredible it's it's grotesque and it's hard to watch at times and it's just great it's fantastic well especially since now jeff goldwyn has ascended to this level where he plays himself in everything like More in the less. apartment.com commercials <laughs> he is playing the same character as he is in like thor ragnarok so yeah. it's fun to go back to his beginning career you know the big chill and earth girls are easy and of course the fly where he did portray completely different characters in each one. Absolutely. And Earth Girls Are Easy is highly underrated. That movie is fantastic. It is hilarious. <laughs> like, it's not a great film, but it, it is, is a great. I love that movie. That, yeah. Well, because the cast is really. The four of it them is. together are fantastic. It is. It's a lot of and fun. And it's a wonderful movie. It's not serious. It's not meant to start a, a cinematic universe or anything like that. It is just a good movie. Yeah. I like it. I agree. I'm good with that. All right, here's your number five. Okay. Okay. So I am also going to go with a horror film with some of the best practical effects ever used in cinema. And that is An American Werewolf in London. Ooh, good pick. The transformation scene is absolutely incredible. And the fact that it was all done practically is insane insanely amazing yeah i i love that film for the practical effects first and then the story second um but it's still an incredible story and i've seen the movie so many times but there are still parts that kind of like make me jump and i i forget about it and i want to be reminded of it later so that movie gets me every time, and I absolutely love it. it. It's just an incredible Halloween film. Probably the best werewolf movie. I mean, there are some good ones out there, but yeah, if I were to rank all the werewolf movies I've ever seen, that one would be number one. It's very good. Yeah, and the practical effects are wonderful. Yeah. It's a good choice. Thank I hadn't you. even thought about that, that one. That scene where his hand extends yeah. from a human hand to the wolf paw is just frightening. It looks painful. It does. You know, his whole transformation looks uncomfortable. It looks painful. Yeah. I love that. I absolutely adore it. I saw a meme the other day that said, uh, around Halloween, 
ladies and gentlemen, here are some things to help out. If your werewolf friends uh, come to you, just remember that after a transformation, they're very sore. <laughs> and that made so much sense. Like, I know the meme was just silly, but like that <laughs> made so much sense watching American Werewolf in London. Yeah, that man would be sore. <laughs> All right, so my number five. I'm going to close out the first half because then we're going to take a short break. I'm going to close out the first half of the list with another 80s film. Yeah, my stuff tends to be older. I'm really like, I don't really have any modern stuff in the first five here at all. Wow. Uh, All of this stuff is 80s or older in my first five. And that is the original 1982 Steven Spielberg written Poltergeist. Oh, yes. The original Poltergeist is still freaky and creepy and scary and i watched that movie way too young and loved every minute of it the again the practical effects are phenomenal whether it's the tree trying to eat the little boy or the guy who or or when he picks his face apart in the sink you know the the, when the wife is swimming in the mud with the skeletons those were real human skeletons like they were not (laughs) plastic things you buy at the store there are so many good things to that movie and yeah it spawned a couple of sequels that aren't that great and i haven't bothered to see the reboot so i'm sorry but the original i still think is one of the most iconic classic horror movies across the board it's just wonderful it truly helps that there's the curse of the of poltergeist that surrounds it too yeah. like it's sad it, though it, no absolutely it's it's sad, but the mysticism behind it, the rumors, the urban legends, that helps elevate just the whole Halloween aspect. So I don't ever want to dismiss or discount that little girl's death because that's not okay. That's fair. And on that happy note, we are going to take a short break. And when we come back, we will finish up with our remaining five in our top 10 Halloween time movies. We will be right back, everybody. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, We've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And we're back. We are back. We have already talked five of our top 10 favorite Halloween time movies. Just to recap real quick, Ray's five so far are Abraham Lincoln, the Vampire Hunter. Yes. Sleepy Hollow. Yes. Alien. Yes. Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Yes. And American Werewolf in London. Yes. And mine <laughs> are Little Shop of Horrors, The Thing, Gremlins, The Fly, and Poltergeist. Ah. Uh. That's such a good list of movies. Like, <laughs> can we just go watch those 10 films like right now? So we're going to move on to your number six favorite Halloween time movie. Another Tim Burton film, and it is Beetlejuice. 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 It is a... We said it three times. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> Michael, Michael Keaton's going to show up any minute now. Yes. Uh, hilarious film. A film about death 
that I think children can grasp. I, I actually think it's a great way to talk about death with kids and open up that conversation. Um, it's got a phenomenal cast. Gina Crazy. Davis, Alec Baldwin, Winona Ryder, Catherine O'Hara, and of course, Michael Keaton. And it's so funny. <laughs> It's beautiful. The palette, the color palette always pops so much for me. It makes me smile. I love all the ghosts when they go to mm. the uh, underworld and it's like a bureaucratic DMV kind of place. <laughs> Everybody looks amazing. V. Neal did the makeup and it's, it's some of the most iconic makeup in history. So I, it, Beetlejuice is always the first Halloween film that I put on in October like October 1st Beetlejuice pops up I also like to watch it in the summer since it's in the movie the weather's really nice but Halloween first thing I watch is Beetlejuice it just always transitions and gets me in the spooky mood that's fair I totally get that it, my some of my favorite aspects of it are the sets when they're miniaturized mm. and it's the the miniature town the model town it just looks so cool like when they're trying to dig up beetlejuice and they're going through like little pieces of cardboard and plastic and stuff and yeah the movie's wonderful uh, everything in it is is really wonderful and it's funny that gina davis has now made our list twice yeah already tonight and, uh, we, and we talked about a third film first as well tim so. burton uh made the list twice and i have a feeling another one of his will pop up on yours a tim burton movie at least a tim burton written film i don't know which movie you're talking about so now i'm very curious i don't think Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. She's right. That is going to show up here in a second. Well, then I'll just get it out of the way yeah, then. Yeah, you might I'll as just, well. I'll just get it Do out it. of the way then. Since we're not doing things in any particular order. I know, there's, there's order. no order. So my number six then is uh, absolutely one of my favorite movies of all time. Yes. Hands down, across the board, one of my favorite movies of all time. And that is the Tim Burton written. I always forget that he wrote it because it's very much a Tim Burton movie, but I know he didn't direct it. Yes. And that is... The Nightmare Before Christmas. Stop motion, claymation style film, musical, wonderfully gorgeous, incredible music. If you buy the, the soundtrack, Patrick Stewart does the narration, which is a lovely little bonus for us Trekkies. And I can, it's a short movie. It's like just, it's under 90 minutes. And I can watch that movie every day. Yes, I can listen too. to the soundtrack every day. I tend to wait only, you know, until like the October through December time frame because... But every once in a while we sneak it in throughout the rest of the year. Yeah, I think I've owned it like in three different formats at this point. I think I have as well. It's just gorgeous and I love everything about it. And, you know, I do think, you know, there's that argument, is it a Halloween movie, is it a Christmas movie or whatever, but... You know, I think you can go beyond that and just look it's at what the characters... It's an everyday movie. Look at what the characters go through, right? It's about finding yourself and learning who you are, right? And where you fit in in the world. It's about dealing with identity crises, yeah. too. You know, uh, you had a wonderful breakdown of it a while ago because we always compare ourselves to couples, and I think that's very likely for a lot of people. And I always thought I was Jack... Because what he does is inconsiderate and reckless. And I tend to be the one who leaps without thinking. But 
the way you said it, like, this is a man, a figure who has been consistent his entire creation and he's always gone above and beyond he's met people's expectations but now he's bored and he's having like an internal who am I kind of crisis and you're like so that that is more me than you and I thought that was it, it was a wonderful interpretation of the show of the movie Thank you. You're welcome. I'm glad that you think so. But I know it's not scary. It's kind of spooky, you know, but it's clearly Halloween yeah. involved, you know. So that's that always makes my list. Well, it, it would make mine too. I, uh, You seem to be more verbally connected to it than I am sometimes. <laughs> so I figured I'd let you have it on this Thank list. You. I yeah. love it. It's, it's one of my favorite movies ever across yeah. the board. It's, you know... Um, I, I know, like, it's like Clue's not going to be on my list because I don't think it really fits into the Halloween-y theme. I, it's a murder mystery. I know it's a murder mystery, but Clue's my favorite movie ever. Yes. Right? And Nightmare Before Christmas probably, probably number two. Yeah. Right? Those are my two favorite movies. I could sit down and watch it anytime. If you come over and you're like, hey, do you want to watch one of these two movies? I'd be like, well, which one? <laughs> you know, because I want to watch them both. Right? So, you know, more like, you know, which one do you want to watch first from Hot right. Fuzz? Like, right. You know, that kind of thing. And then Hot Fuzz might be number three. I don't know. <laughs> Let's move on. Your number seven Halloween time movie. Oh my God. I got so focused on this. Like, <laughs> where am I? What's going on? <laughs> um, okay. So let me pull up my list. Okay. I'll, I'll give you a moment. So we've I got, appreciate that. we've got four more to get through. Right. Of course. Of course. I feel like there's not enough horror in my stuff, but I, it's, I ha- it's hard to really like nail it down. Spooky stuff a bit better than I like horror stuff. Okay, so I I think I'm going to do a double. I've got to watch Adam's Family every oh, Halloween. Okay. The first Adam's Family actually takes place closer to Christmas, and it goes over a full year. So it starts at Christmas, ends at Halloween, and the second one is over the summer only. So uh, vi- not much about the Adam's Family live-action movies from the 90s are Halloween-related in story. But the uh, characters, of course, yeah. are very gothic. They're very uh, whimsically connected with death. And they embrace all the fun, dark, spooky things in life. Now, I absolutely adore that Charles Adams... Uh, satire of the 1950s was a family who loves each other the family unit is so close and tight-knit and yeah they're a little creepy but they're also the complete opposite and the complete opposite of the American dream family in the 50s to Charles Adams was a family that loves each other so I I thought that was pretty amazing Uh, Morticia and Gomez are constant relationship goals. Like that's <laughs> that's what I want with you. Oh, that's true. That's cute. Um, uh, and Raul Julia. Yeah. And uh, Angelica Houston and Christopher Lloyd. Like they just kill it. That cast is insanely talented. The background cast of the Adams Family is so much fun. 
that's Christina Ricci too, isn't it? It is. So she, that's yeah. her second movie on your list. Yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. Because so. she plays Wednesday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, I Adam's Family and Adam's Family Values are fantastic films. I feel like nobody needs to see the Adam's Family reunion movie with Daryl Hannah and Tim Curry. It's just not good. Don't do it. I don't think I've ever seen it. Yeah, don't do it. Don't yeah. watch it. The new animated Adam's Family was decent. I thought it was pretty mm-hmm. good. It was yeah. pretty good. Not as good as the originals. Definitely but. not. The cast should have been live action, if you ask me. Wonderful like, cast. Oscar Isaac and Charlize Theron. Wonderful cast. Right. Yeah. I don't know why they... I mean, there's some things they do that would have been difficult to do in live action. Oh, for and, sure. And maybe that was it, but... Okay, so then my my next film, I'm just going to uh, get this one out of the way. We're not going to spend too much time on it because we spent all of last week talking about it, and that's Ghostbusters. Yeah. Right? Love Ghostbusters. Cast is wonderful. Practical effects are wonderful. The the style, the the, icon, the iconic things that come out of it, like the Ecto and the Proton Pack, Slimer, all those types of things. And the cast is one of the greatest casts ever put in one movie together. I mean, it's a wonderful group of people. Again, Rick Moranis. You know, so another Rick Moranis, Sigourney Weaver and Bill Murray. It's just a wonderful mm-hmm. group of people. And so, Ghostbusters. Ghostbusters, it's fantastic. I adore that they made a paranormal theme scientific because the movie didn't have to be sci-fi i think it falls under the category of sci-fi based on oh totally the the characters involved and what they do they break down the paranormal and give it some science to it i love that yeah it's absolutely science fiction Mm -hmm. it's it's I personally think it's probably more science fiction than horror. Oh, yeah. If you had to pick one. But, you know, clearly there are horror aspects to it with all the ghosts and the demons and, you know, the the demon dogs, the the terror dogs and all that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree with that. Number eight. Okay, so this one, I feel like I need to shout this one out because the movie came out recently and it it hasn't gotten the due that it's deserved but it because it is so new i haven't gotten to watch it like every year as much as i have these others so and that is uh jack black and uh kate blanchett's house with a clock in its walls so cute it was a really good movie and movies just aren't made like that anymore the whole fun whimsical spooky kind of thing has been dropped by a lot of people and maybe this generation of kids is just not into it but it really appealed to me who you know was a child when adam's family and beetlejuice came out and casper yeah it reminded me of those films it is films about or it's about uh witches and warlocks it has some really cool special effects in there there's some great you know scary pumpkins and like trippy staircases and (laughs) it's got like all these really cool aspects in it so um it's definitely not one i've gotten to re-watch a bunch of times but if you have you know a spare night i definitely recommend it the acting in it is great the characters are a lot of fun and the premise is just adorable yeah very cute movie Mm -hmm. definitely 
All right, well, next up on my list, I'm going to get more modern all of a sudden. Everything up until now has been in, the, the latest movie was The Nightmare Before Christmas. And I was tempted to just stick in that wheelhouse and just yeah. stick with older stuff. But there's a couple movies left that I just can't not have on my list. Fair enough. So I'm just going to throw a couple out there at the end here. So here we go. Zombieland. Yes. Zombieland, first off, I think is the greatest zombie movie ever made. I think it's a wonderful comedy as well. It, the gore is fantastic. The writing and the performances are wonderful. The stylization of, you know, the the rules that he has that get you know pop, they pop up on the screen. You've got the zombie kill of the week. You've got b the greatest Bill Murray cameo you can imagine. That might and be the best cameo in movie history, in my opinion. I don't know. Like it's so wonderful. It's pretty good. There's a couple others I can think that might vie for that spot in some other movies, but that's a topic we should do. Best that's a cameo. Yeah, we should add it to the list. Uh, but <laughs> yeah, Zombie Land's just great, and the four of them, you know, in the sequel, they didn't quite recapture the magic. They retread the story, so the magic was kind of lost on me. But even the chemistry between the characters felt a little off. In the original, in the first one, the four of them just felt so good together. It worked so well, and they were so different from each other, but they gelled, and everything about that first one, I liked. There's nothing I would change about the original Zombieland. Not one thing. Good call. I adore that movie, too. I, we haven't watched it yet this year but it's on our list we always watch it every october so it'll happen in the next <laughs> few days most likely um number nine is this really number nine yeah we only oh. got two left oh my goodness i know oh my pressure's goodness. on yeah. yeah um so what do i choose what do i choose you gotta you gotta come up I with something because it's gonna it. determine what shows up on my list uh, here. yeah probably you know? oh my goodness okay so then I'm going to go with a newer. You got this. Uh, you got this. You got to go. I know. I know. Oh, my gosh. Can't sit here quietly. We're on a podcast. People are listening. Okay. 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 <laughs> then I'm going to go with the 90s horror film Candyman. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to have a broad spectrum. I don't rewatch Candyman a lot. It's not one of my favorite films of all time, but Tony Todd is absolutely incredible in that movie. He is frightening as hell. The whole premise is scary. He actually put those bees in his mouth and, and he signed a contract where he negotiated a thousand dollars for every time he was stung oh wow yeah <laughs> i didn't know that he walked away with so much money <laughs> <laughs> you know I, I was really looking forward to the updated sequel it is not a remake it is not a reboot it is do you mean the new jordan peele produced one yes okay yeah it is absolutely a sequel and it stars one of the surviving characters gotcha. from the first one so I, I was looking forward to that. I, I know it got pushed, so I'm still looking forward to it, but I think it's, uh, the original, like, it was, it came out at a time where iconic horror villains was going by the wayside. Yeah. We weren't seeing the uh, slasher villains anymore. They were dying out, yeah. They were. And Candyman and 
It, the TV show, and uh, Scream kind of brought those back. That's fair. It's good. Thanks. (laughs) That is good. All right. Well, if you're a Tony Todd fan, you know, he shows up in Star Trek a few times. Quite a few times, yeah. Plays a Klingon. Yeah, he plays Worf's brother. Plays Herogen on Voyager. So, you know, he's around. Yeah. All right. So next up on my list, then, I'm going to pick one more zombie movie. And that's Shaun of the Dead. Yeah. I figured if you picked Zombieland, Shaun of the Dead was going to be next. It's hard for me to leave out something like Shaun of the Dead. I love the Cornetto trilogy. I love Simon Pegg and Nick Frost and Edgar Wright. I think the three of them are wonderful. And I think when the three of them work together, they can't miss. And they need to work together more. (laughs) (laughs) Even, yeah, I don't care what it is. I would watch it. And Shaun of the Dead, I think, kind of reinvented the, the zombie franchise for me. Because it took a very different outlook. It doesn't take place here in the U.S., which is nice, right? It's a U.K. story, and you get some slight differences that way. But there's it's the satire it's the message it's what's going on in the background the whole time how prior to the outbreak pretty much things are exactly the same as after the outbreak right the idea that we are zombies in many ways and the comedy is is beautiful you know when they're sitting on the couch and there's a zombie in the room and like the way they scream and get up off the couch and they're throwing records you know the batman soundtrack throw it yeah it's just great i love the cornetto stuff so Shaun of the dead has to make make my list I completely agree. And and because I don't do this enough, and this is going to make Derek very proud, uh, we actually did a whole episode on the Cornetto trilogy. So you can stream that and listen to what our thoughts are about the entire trilogy. We did. Thank you. Yeah, you're yeah. welcome. Is it my last turn? This is it. Okay, I've been saving this one. And that is motherfucking Hocus Pocus. <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> I figured that was coming. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I consider this the absolute best Halloween film ever made. The three actresses, Kathy Najimy and Bette Midler and Sarah Jessica Parker, just kill everything about it. Doug Jones and Thora Birch play uh, side roles as well. Just absolutely amazing film. It It's so much fun. And... It still has some like scary imagery in it and it takes the witch villain and makes them hilarious but also threatening Mm -hmm. so uh, I am a little upset I never got a sequel closer to the first one I know they have an upcoming straight to Disney Plus thing that they're all doing and resurrecting but would have been nice to have one closer to the 1993 release. Sure, yeah. Uh, it's got a terrible Rotten Tomato score. Nobody liked it when it came out. <laughs> it went up against a big blockbuster. I think it was Jurassic Park. It might not have been. No, I believe it was. Yeah? Because that was the thing is it didn't even come out around Halloween. No. Which made zero sense. Right? Right? It's witches. It literally takes place on, on Halloween, Halloween. And they didn't even release it in the fall. Right. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, I, so, I remember that vividly. Yeah. So, yeah. We're not going to release during the time of year that our movie even takes place, even though it's a holiday movie. And we're going to put it up against a Steven Spielberg blockbuster. Right. Super smart. <laughs> yeah. Uh, horrible choices that they made with that. But it... 
it's a fantastic story. Uh, the sisters have great chemistry together. The sister and brother duo of Max and Danny are fantastic. The special effects, uh, the practical effects of them flying and uh, Billy Butcherson losing his head all the time. Banks being uh, run over by a truck or by a bus. <laughs> you know, it's just really good. And it always puts me in a good mood. It's fun and a little feminist. And it just makes me want to be a witch. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. I knew that was going to be there. Yeah, it had to be the last one that I talked about. So for me, my number 10... Uh, takes me back to the trend of most of my movies here. You'll note that only two of them are from this century and only one is from the, uh, and only three are from the nineties or later. So this one goes all the way back to the shining. The shining is probably my favorite horror movie just on its own. Yeah. I think that it's incredibly shot. I think the cinematography is amazing. I think the performances are stellar. I think it is incredibly difficult to make a quiet movie, you know, where there isn't a lot of action and there isn't a lot of gore and it's very suspenseful and it's more cerebral cerebral about where the horror is. It's about the isolation. And I mean, Jack Nicholson puts on one of the greatest performances of his career. I'm not sure if it's his best necessarily, but it's definitely up there. And it looks great. It still holds up really well. All of the things that happen, as limited as they are, are still really solid and hold up. And uh, the imagery is so iconic. The it is. Overlook Hotel, the the carpet, like yeah. it's it's in Toy Story. It's so weird how <laughs> the carpet is one of the biggest takeaways from that movie. The Grady twins, mm -hmm. the uh, flood of blood. Just him, Jack uh, Torrance, frozen in the ice mm -hmm. at the end is a, is a meme you see a lot of the people who've had a Johnny. long day. Here's Johnny has been parodied a million times, mm -hmm. you know, and that wasn't even in the script that that moment. Um, no, he came up with that on his own, and Kubrick loved it so much. So that that one has to has to make my list, and there's a lot of wonderful stuff that that didn't make the cut right so you know a cabin in the woods would have been on my list a lot any longer. of the evil dead stuff you know evil dead 2 mm -hmm. and the, the remake is is something i think a lot of people miss the 2013 remake um trigger treat uh horror anthology movie just a bunch of little halloween horror stories in one film it's a lot of fun it's got uh i believe i think the character's called sam um, and I think, you know, you talk about Alien, I think one movie that gets overlooked a lot as a horror film is the original Terminator. It yeah. is a horror movie in, a, in, a, in the same respect that Alien is. Yeah. You know, they're being chased by something that's much more powerful than Slow them. Slow paced, it's lurking. And, yeah. yeah. But that's Practic it. That's, yeah. that's our 10. Yeah. We're, we're over an hour here and we've, we've got our lists. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, I guess just running through them real quick and I'm realizing I'm missing one from your list. I, I didn't write it down. So I'm no. just going to, I'm going to read them off and hopefully you can pick out which one's missing. Okay. So again, Abraham Lincoln, the vampire hunter, sleepy hollow, alien, Willy Wonka and the chocolate factory, American werewolf in London, Beetlejuice, the Adams family, Candyman, hocus pocus, and something that we missed. And I'm going to go through mine while you look real quick. <laughs> mine are The Little Shop of Horrors, 
The Thing, Gremlins, The Fly, The Original Poltergeist, The Nightmare Before Christmas, The Shining, Ghostbusters, Zombieland, and Shaun of the Dead. House with a Clock and its Walls. Oh, right. House with a Clock and its Walls. Thank you. So that's it. Those are our top 10 each. That's 20 Halloween-y movies that you can check out this month if you're looking for some options. You can also check out, we made a couple of posts in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Screen Heroes, and on Twitter at Screen Heroes Pod with two really great Halloween movie lists. One is horror focused, so these are legit horror movies, and the other is spooky stuff. And so depending on your, your leaning, you can watch one or both of those lists. So definitely go and check those out out and share them around and all that kind of good stuff we hope that you enjoy halloween we do and we're going to be doing halloweeny type stuff all month so for the mm -hmm. next couple of episodes you'll be getting that type of thing because that's what we like to do ray i'm at siren ray on facebook instagram and twitter and of course i'm one of the <laughs> moderators of the screen heroes podcast forum so i am in there quite often we're doing tournaments all the time and uh I like to ask random movie questions in there as well. Yeah, we're doing this big sci-fi movie tournament. It's taking months to get through because we have like 80 something movies. It's almost done. It's we have the final eight starting tomorrow. The Elite Eight. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. So join join the group so you can get your votes in. There's some really killer movies left that are getting matched up against each other. So join our Facebook group. It's Screen Heroes Forum on Facebook, and I am at the Star Trek Dude on Twitter. You can find me there. Come talk to me about nerdy stuff all around. Otherwise, we are Screen Heroes. You can find us at Screen Heroes Pod on Twitter, heroespodcast.com. We are available now on iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. So check out our Linktree link for all of the buttons to get you to subscribe. Remember, leave us a review. We'll give you a shout out on the show and read your review on the show. Thanks for joining us. We'll catch you next time. Happy Halloween. <laughs>